are DC DC, and you're listening to Sticky Jazz. Opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Jeremy Hinks and Sticky Jazz Podcast and do not necessarily reflect those of anyone else on this planet. All right, everybody, welcome to Sticky Jazz. I'm Jeremy Hinks, the man of a million musical opinions. All of mine happen to be correct. This week, I have the San Francisco based sort of indie rock family duo known as The New Up, Emily and Noah. They're a, a highly intelligent collective that has a cat for a spokesperson. Showed up in the interview several times. Uh, these guys are amazing. As you can hear, this is their track called uh, Black Swan off of the album Tiny Mirrors. I hope you guys enjoy this one. They're a fabulous band and uh, we had an amazing conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. So everybody sit back and let's all do the Sticky Jazz. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sticky Jazz. I'm Jeremy Hanks in Salt Lake City. And this week, I have Emily and Noah 
from the new up there's a san francisco based psychedelic electro rock band uh that it took a very very long time to coordinate <laughs> lining this interview up thank you we finally made it thank you for joining Woo! us Woo! yeah thanks for having us man i know i feel just proud in the fact that we actually accomplished that It'd be nice. One day we'll have a team that will coordinate all of this for us. Yeah. Okay. You know, the, the, the music is a much bigger baby than our kid. It's like a baby that always has temper tantrums. Is um, it? The music takes a lot more energy than the kid. It doesn't behave and it, it wants no. to take the car at night. And it's like, it won't give me my credit card back, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, a, sure. it's like a crappy teenage kid music. <laughs> so are, are you a Raiders fan? I am. This, I, ironically, this is actually a, It says Breeders. I'm also a Breeders. It's kind of because he's a, a Breeders fan and a Raiders fan. So when I went to see he Noah wasn't able to go. But a few years back, um, I saw the Breeders at this really smaller club in San Francisco. It was so amazing. Yeah. And they had you know, that was their merch. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so brilliant. And because he's a Raiders fan and couldn't go to the show and a Raiders fan, I was like, it's a must. So I am, uh, I, I know nothing about sport ball, <laughs> but um, the, uh, the, I guess that there's a, the, the Rams, right? Is that who's playing today in that, that sport ball game? And I just put up uh, the, the show for this, this one girl. She did a song called, a cover of I Am A Ram by Al Green. And and she's like, just got at the last minute realized, wait a minute, this could be everyone's tailgate song, right? So <laughs> so we so I'm like, okay, I'll push that for you, you know, because my episodes come out on Monday, but I just put it out today for put it out a day early. So oh, maybe I, she well, I, gets, that. Yeah, I know, it's, right? Uh, good timing. Yeah, I mean, so maybe she get a little nudge of like, you know, I, I don't know what my percentage of followers or listeners are Rams fans, but you know, hey, it uh, I'll, I'll give them, I'll give her a bit of a a push for that though no she's amazing her name's Allie angel and she's uh she's from la she sounds like uh she she's pulled a lot of really good soul doing al green covers big on prince big like a zz top with a girl singer kind of thing she's cool. really oh, i'll yes. definitely check her out yeah description too yeah well i mean zz top meets prince right you like with a girl, but she's great. So I'm gonna write that down right now. Her name's yeah. Ellie Angel. So it's okay. up. If you if you go look on the website uh, on the on the podcast site, you'll see her. But uh... I think definitely we when we released our last album when Black Swan was on it, um, that was epic, man. That was really good. Thank, thank, you. You. thank you. Oh, and then like last year, I got an email saying, "Do you want a free copy of this?" I'm like. Uh, remember, like, did you like, like, had a marketing campaign? And I was, oh, well, I don't know. I've been listening to it on Spotify for a while, man. I don't know. But, uh, it was, it's, it's, it is a very good record. So, Tiny Mirror, definite winner. But anyway, go on. What were you saying there, Emily? Oh, yeah. That, um, so, you know, I mean, it's just kind of how it goes. Like, when you have a reason, when you have, when you put an album out, uh, we definitely got a really, fair amount of press from it, from being an independent, uh, an, you know, an independent artist. We got a, like qu quite a bit of press from it, but just because, you know, it's been a few years since we put it out 
Um, it, there's, you know, there just hasn't been more recent press. So we're really looking forward to, you know, this year we're putting out three singles and our entirely new album that we've been working on the entire pandemic. Oh, and good. So we're jump. Okay. Makes my job so much easier when you answer my questions perfect. this far ahead. Yeah. That was like question 11 down the line. Okay. Thank you. So do it now. let's talk about it now hey, you, hey you know, you know. if i could just add to that though you know i think um first of all to go back to the other point one reason why it's so hard to schedule now is because oddly people have now with all the zoom stuff and kind of virtual stuff now everybody's dance card is even more filled up because now you can do all that stuff too you know people aren't going out as much but they're like oh yeah i'm talking to my grandma or oh, i'm doing a live performance then or whatever like there's a million things going on online but uh that also correlates with the topic we were just talking about so the last couple of years normally when we're recording an album we kind of poke our head up for air we'll do something we'll get some press you know but um because of the pandemic you know and we've been and we're writing this album right now and recording we kind of just said, you know what, let's just put our head down and just totally 100% focus on the recording mm-hmm. and not and not really like try to make any big splashes right now while everything's so out of whack. So I think that's another reason why probably you haven't seen a whole lot about us uh, in the last couple of years. Because being independent artists too, I always say that I perpetually feel like there's 15 holes or 15 leaking holes from the ceiling and I have one bucket and I'm running around with trying to fit like fill the bucket because being an independent artist you know we'd often be recording an album and then touring at the same time and then trying to license our music and focusing on all these different places because we kind of get shiny object syndrome because there are so many uh facets to you know monetizing your music music and and then getting exposure and putting yourself out there and reaching your soulmate super fans. And so we've been really kind of putting our nose to the grindstone in terms of marketing. And I I hate to use that word. I know it's like, I used to be like, I'm not a business person, even though it's all in my astrological chart. I, I was always reluctant to call myself a business person, but now I've just really embraced it. And that was part of the reason why we, put our album out because, you know, a music marketer, she's a musician as well that I studied with. She said something to me that always resonated. And she said, your, your music is always new to new ears. And so while we're getting, while we're gearing up for this album and these singles and this whole album, we want to bring people on board with what we've already put out into Mm -hmm. the world. So if, if someone's hearing it for the first time, it's new to them. And like in the music industry, it's like, well, once you put your release out, you know, it's like if it didn't make a splash, then oh well. And we're kind of, um... yeah. Go tell that to Joy Division. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Go. Go see. Yeah. That that album, Unknown Pleasures, it only sold three thousand copies first time around. Yeah. Didn't make a splash. Yeah. You know. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Tell yeah, tell, exactly. tell Lou Reed. Tell the Velvet Underground. Yeah. That first record that only went fifty thousand and and not. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So many. And you know, totally. a, a more recent example of that. I don't know if you like like uh, Empire of the Sun. Yes. Uh, 
But they had a song. Uh, they're like, was it Walking on a Dream? Yeah. Didn't I just talk to somebody from there? I think I did just talk That's to somebody. That's pretty rad. Yeah, those guys are like. We I'm love like, them. Like, their style is so amazing. Yeah. But um, I think yeah. I did just talk to somebody in that band, like, in the last couple of weeks. I got it. That's cool. Wow. I don't even know. You may have even touched on this subject, but they that Walking on a Dream song, they released it. It, was, it had been out for, like, seven years or something. And then it got licensed for a commercial, and then it blew up. Um, it's yeah. like you know, especially now, now in the TikTok era too. Right. You know, like the, the the flip side of that, though, and first of all, for game show uh, musicians, the the one I have to give a shout out to is uh, the girl who played Aretha um, in that movie. Oh, um, um, respect, um, uh, Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer Hudson. I like. I don't care if anything else comes out of game shows. Her musicians, she is unbelievable. So I just had to put that out there. But um, yeah, that's how I, she I became that, known. I the, didn't really realize that, but that's how she became. Yeah, uh, I don't think it was, was the she, voice. It was some predecessor. Or was it maybe the, American Idol? Or it was, something? Yeah, it's American Idol, and she, that's where she got her fame. But anyway, no, I think I, I think there is a flip side to what you're saying, though, which is that you know, for most of, I mean, for certainly for my entire life, there, there, everything you hear has been curated, right? by someone else. Someone else's filter is being used on you without you having the opportunity to have any input on that. And that's the one thing about TikTok and all the bad stuff is like, then you get to filter what you think is good instead of having someone else do it. You know, and, and that means you're gonna have to put in a little more effort and filter through some bad stuff, but at least you get to, you know, maybe hear something that you would never otherwise hear because somebody else might not think it was good. Well, anyway, I got one, like I, I have a, a one that was really bad. Um, like it was so bad that um, if they had used it at Guantanamo Bay, <laughs> they would have caught Bin Laden, you know, <laughs> like state, like it was so bad. Right. Uh... <laughs> and um, like they sent it to me and I was like, no, sorry, I can't do that. And uh and then I, I posted on Facebook, like, I just prevented you from hearing or seeing. I refuse to put this one on my show. It was so bad. You're welcome. Right. <laughs> and then and then one friend said, okay, I'll bite. And I, I sent him the link and he wrote back. He said, you effing ass. You can do you so, you know, and, and I like I. And so that's kind of the joke is that, um, you know, a, a friend of mine, she's got a big podcast called Latter-day Lesbian. She's Mormon lesbian. You know, she put this, she's like a true friend. Thank you. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I said, you know, you're welcome that I took, I prevented you all from hearing some of this. And she's like a true friend. Keep a, keep taking the one for the team for the rest of us, man. You know? By the way, right? huge shout out to uh, Mormon lesbians because we played with a, a band in Salt Lake, actually, when we came through there once. That was all lesbians. Mormons. Who are they? I forget their name, but I can't remember. But not either. only were they amazing, their whole crew, like they let us stay at their house. They had this kind of big, crazy house. And it was like everybody in the crew was so unbelievably nice and creative. And yeah, it was really cool. It was a really cool scene. Oh, well, you got to find out who that is so I can go I and know. give them we'll a shout out. Yeah, figure yeah, it yeah. out and I'll let you know. Well, so yeah, this is this is uh, my my friend Shelly. She had her midlife crisis and realized that she was gay and 
um, left Mormonism, you know, found the love of her life. She's there. They're happy. They have this podcast about it now. Nice. And That's she's more or less just a comedian with ADHD. She's awesome. <laughs> and, cool. But, uh, um, so yeah, if you want to get a laugh about, but yeah, Latter-day Lesbian, that's my friend uh, so Shelby it, and Mary. But anyway, so. Uh, comedian just do one-liners? What's that? Does do ADHD comedians just do one-liners? That's all they can. We don't do lines. <laughs> okay. Ah. Ah, that's about as short as they have to be, right? <laughs> nice one. So, um. Oh, that was pretty good, though. No, it's yeah. I, I like. I had to, that was a gift wrapped joke opportunity. Yeah, I had to take it. I put so. it on a T for you. Um, well, I was just interviewing Chris Connolly from from Ministry and Revolting Cox, and uh, what we were talking. So we, we did a conversation about Lou Reed's album Magic and Loss, and we just talked about the record. And here I am, this this guy who was raised totally Mormon. And, you know, I've left, but I've got my coffee and, and that. But, but like, I did speed for ADHD, right? And that was always putting me to sleep because, uh, you know, because that's what it does to you. But, and he's talking about guys, do, we're talking about guys doing heroin all over, cause like Lou Reed and all that. And I'm oh, like, yeah. I'm like, I got my coffee and got my speed, man. And, you know, speed puts me out of sleep, you know, it, it, <laughs> crazy conversation. But um, I can imagine he, well, he's an interesting dude. Chris Connolly's an amazing guy. He's really cool. And uh, he just, uh, yeah, he put out an album last year called um, uh, The Birthday Poems. It's historical musical fiction about a bunch of poems in, in Scotland in the 50s. Oh, and okay. it's so cool that it's also the only real Scottish thing he's ever done because he's, you know, he's got all this ministry and industrial whatever. And then this is Scottish culture on a record, which was kind of like totally unlike him, you know, because he was like, I've never seen brave hair. I don't know. Yeah, dude, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. And so, um, but anyway, so uh, you guys, the new up, I got into you, believe it or not, on a gang of four shuffle. Ah. Oh, okay. I was like, this is some really dark, gang of four <laughs> with like a, a pissed off chick singer i like this yeah. and that was kind of how i and then i went and then i, I turned on like I, I just heard it was on shuffle right oh if you like gang of four try the new up right was that like on spotify or what was that on? yeah it was on spotify yeah okay. so you guys got lumped in there with andy gill i was like man i mean this is really good really good stuff and that was how i i heard of you so um you know thank the algorithms of spotify again i couldn't go looking for stuff it just popped up i was like this is great and then you know well god i again i don't know how i got on the mailing list but i was always getting stuff from you like hey this is fun man i really like these guys you know as much um, as i just want to admit the algorithms do sometimes really work like i've discovered some incredible stuff because of the algorithms but anyway as you were saying well, so, but uh, do you guys, okay, I remember watching the video for Black Swan, right, and thinking, okay, it feels like it was just a week ago that I saw it, but I just remember, like, going, wow, that was intense, but what I liked about it, believe it or not, just, just, it was crazy anyway, 
one shot. Mm -hmm. Right? I was like, these guys are good. <laughs> these guys are not just good musicians with some good production design, but that you were to pull that off all one shot. One, that was, talk about that one, man, because that was a big winner. That was probably what, what impressed me. I mean, okay, I'll get to other parts, but talk about that song for a minute and, and the video and whatnot there. Yeah, so um, I was at a uh, friend's birthday party and it was all like a bunch of us women and we went up to uh we rented a cabin up in marin which is just north of san francisco and we were all you know partying and hanging out and my friend had told me was telling me this story that she went to this there's this club in san francisco that's open until like six in the morning and you know, there's it's no. It's called the end up. It's called the end up. And you don't want to end up there. <laughs> so, she was at the end up. She had been, you know, drinking, and she was pretty out of it. And went to the end up with her friends, with a group of friends, and she lost them. And she was just really kind of out of it, and which is just like, oh my gosh, where are they? And I, I can't even like handle trying to look for them because it was really crowded. And she, this woman, kept glaring at her. And she was just like, and felt, she felt really vulnerable. And she kept looking back, you know, at this woman, she kept glaring at her and she was like, oh my God, if this woman like looks at me one more time, I'm going to like deck her in the face. And then finally, like she looks and the woman like, you know, like looked her up and down and she goes and, and she's like, screw it. I'm, and she's like pretty, you know, out of it. And she laid into her. Leans into her and she punched a mirror. <laughs> It was her own. Oh, wow. That's when you know you're too high. And when she told me that story, I immediately was like, can I please use that for our music video for Black Swan? And so I, um, the guy, his name's Hassan Saeed. He, the he's the director and he's their kind. I call him the dynamic duo because he works with this woman, Peggy, and she's the cinematographer and they just really work well together. So I was like, can you meet me? at a cafe and I can tell you this story and let me know if you think we can pull this off. And then, so we had to change it a little bit because we couldn't like punch a mirror. So in the, in the, in the video, she punches herself. In the yeah, video, so, she but... ends up like punching herself, right? You, you think she's following the girl, but she goes in and we found that it took us a long time to even find the, the bar in San Francisco. And we found it. I was like, Oh my God, there's a mirrored room in here. Like this is so meant to be. And so then we got all the extras, some of them being our friends, some of them that we just got off of Craigslist. So it was really intense because there were like 75 people and it'd be like, again, yeah, and like eight hours of doing that, eight hours of doing that. Hour. People were so great though. People like bonded. They're people that are well, like we were, still we're friends bar, from that video that have like become friends. Like there are people that I became friends with on Facebook that I like still interact with that I'm still like friends because it was such a bonding experience. It was, it was, yeah. And we just like laughed and we had so much fun. It was really intense. Like I was, I, it was, yeah, it was for intense. most of those people, though, they just sat at a bar and drank for eight hours. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it was. And, and so, then who, who who covered the tab though? Oh, uh, we had we covered the tab. You we, know, I mean, we covered we, we like we had some class. We, we had, had we, we have class with a keg. We you know? had we covered some of the tab, and then you know with a K or with a keg. <laughs> <laughs> with, with a keg. 
So, um, but anyway, so it was a really fun experience and we like, you know, break to order, we ordered pizza, but other than that, it was just like pretty intense, you know, and then we'd almost get to the end and then there'd be a mistake and Hassan would be like, again, and you'd be you'd Because like, you're oh, doing it all one take, right? Yeah, that, yeah. So we probably, I mean, I don't know how many times we did it. I have the number like 70 something in no, my head. It wasn't, it felt like that, but it wasn't, but. We did do it. It I mean, was we, probably we, under a little under fifty. I'm guessing we probably had ten takes we could have used, but you know, Hassan is a perfectionist, which is good. And they're just yeah, so know. they're great. And Peggy just you know she has this. Um, she's called Steady Peggy, and she's um, she's so cute. And like her wife uh, was there to help too. She was like kind of, and then my sister was like there to help too. They were kind of the directors, and so they're like um, the assistants. And then uh, Peggy has this camera that's like a body camera that's attached to her. And so she's just amazing. So yeah, that's kind of the story. And then we had to alter it a little bit. And so many people are like, I don't get it, but I've, I'm really a big fan of not always, because that Spoon was the beating. story that inspired, but then yeah. it we abstracted it a little bit. But I like, I don't like to tell people exactly what the song is about. I don't like to tell people oh, this is what the song is about, because I like them to have their own interpretation, because that's really what music and art is. It's like, we're, it's not always meant for us to, like, intellectually understand and have that, like, well, what was their experience? Because then you take away from that other person's experience. I think it's all, because we're all looking and viewing everything and ingesting everything with through our own lens. So I like to really kind of leave it up to the individual to have their own experience and their interpretation of it. For so, that song, I, think, I think there's a place for both approaches. I think sometimes you just want to tell a cool story. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you, want to, you want to create some abstract art, you know? Yeah. But I, I, that was just happened to be an abstract art song, I guess. I just kind of found that like, <laughs> you know, when I have a song where I'm just like, I have my own intimate personal experience with it. And sometimes when I find out what it's about exactly, I'm like, Oh man, <laughs> I kind of, that's why I just, I want to keep giving that to our audience. Cause I think it maybe dovetails into what I was going to say, like one thing that's really important to us that is kind of in our message and in our music is to really, really, I think in this day and age, it's really hard to think for yourself. I think we're constantly, um, you know, have a barrage of, of conditioning and social conditioning and what it means, like who you should be, where we're always being pulled away from the truth of who we really are. And I feel like in terms of consciousness, in terms of, you know, really, really feeling like um, safe and, and loving who we really are, it's like that is... Uh, it's just a message that I think doesn't that doesn't get said enough. And so I think our avatar are kind of people that feel sort of like the loners of the world a little bit, like they don't totally always fit in. And I think it's that that friction of always really trying to just feel authentically yourself. And I feel, you know, humans are sort of hardwired to go with the tribe for example, like when we used to be in tribes, it's like if you left the tribe, you'd either, you know, be you die because you didn't have that physical protection. Or if you were different from the tribe, you would be ostracized. 
So it's sort of hardwired in us to kind of go along with this social conditioning and not decipher like, wait, hey, is this really me? Or is this the, these beliefs that and this story that I sort of picked up that's not even mine? You, you just told the story of every gay kid in Utah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, wow, shit. Like you just like every kid I've, you know, um, I, I, I write for an LGBTQ magazine on the side cool. and I do work with, uh, local groups to, uh, help the, the, the gay tribe, the, the kids here in Utah, because yeah, that's just what, I mean, we have the highest LGBTQ suicide rate among teenagers here in Utah. So uh, that so everything you just said, I'm like, hey, you're pre, you're telling that story, man. That's wonderful. No. No. So yeah. I, it, it, I'd say if you're not allies, you're in the wrong business, right? Oh, we're total for allies, sure. and sure. that, and we're very open about that too. It's like in our posts and everything. I think what we take, you know, like I'm calling ourselves like less political, but more like humanist. Like we're very, very passionate about taking a stand for marginalized people, and that's yeah. just something that's like both just inherently in us and um i'm taking a stand for being whoever the hell you want to be as long as you're not bothering someone else you know what mm -hmm. i mean yeah yeah <laughs> so that's, that's what i'm about so that's a big part of our message and a big part of um you know yeah just again taking a big stand for marginalized people and that really you know includes obviously that includes that the community so, and we've been very vocal about that on our site. And, and I really believe too, like, I mean, Noah being like a white hetero man and, and I'm just like, we need those people. We need, we need, like boring, we need yeah. white hetero men standing up for LG, the LGBTQ community. We need men to be standing up for women. We need white people to be standing up for black people. Like we, we, that's how we're going to connect and unite. Like we can't, we women, the feminist movement isn't going to be as powerful if it's just women, right? right? So that's why I'm just, I'm a very, like, yeah, I stand for that pretty. Well, yeah, I, like, I, I introduced myself as a dumb, straight American white guy. <laughs> and thus, I think that anybody different than me is interesting. And yeah, so that's, that's, well, the guys over at Instinct, they're, they were really funny because they were like, well... Uh, it, we wouldn't be like, they're like, yeah, we can let a straight guy come and write for us. That'll be great. Uh, uh, I mean, we wouldn't be inclusive, right? We, 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 right. we, 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 you know, and, and then they, they decided to back in May of 2019, they made me uh, an honorary gay. Right. Aww. So yeah, I'm like, all right, like you know, they Huge just compliment. Oh yeah. Like, and, and totally. so, well, it was funny because I, I went in to interview the guys in the Thrill Kill cult. You know them, right? You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like, so I'm writing for Instinct Magazine. And Frankie, the least singer, looked at me completely shocked. He's like, you're not gay. <laughs> Are you? You're not, you're not gay. <laughs> I was like, uh, no, no. And I had to, I spent a few minutes explaining why I'm an ally and all that. He just was so confused as to why is this, this like, observably straight guy here interviewing me for an LGBTQ magazine. He, he was hilarious after we, after we got over that part, he was hilarious. But yeah, that was one of those like, what are you, like you, you know? Right. So uh, my wife wishes I was just a little bit gay. 
just just yeah. a little bit better dresser, you know, color court. She would love that. Ah, well, we ah, I always ah, we ah. always say that Noah's a lesbian and trapped in a male. Yeah, I am body. gay, but in the other direction. So <laughs> like he's very. I I don't know if we could be together if he didn't kind of embody that energy. <laughs> well, you saw my emails, right? Or did you? Yeah, my emails. My pronouns are he, him, his, dude. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah I did. I thought that was great. I was like, that's pretty much me too. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I don't like, uh, I, I don't know why dude is okay, because I don't like, you know, buddy, pal, guy, any any other salutation of that sort, I'm not into. Dude. Yeah, but dude's dude. Okay. Dude works, man. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't bra me. Don't, you know, like, don't don't boss me. Definitely don't tiger me. Or, don't uh, um, big guy. Yeah, you. like, don't big guy me. Like, I'll get upset. But dude, <laughs> dude works, yeah. Dude is okay. I don't know I use why. dude. You know, it's like for, I guess it's, yeah, it crosses genders for me. It's just, (laughs) before we leap into another subject really quick, I I became a Dudas priest on on my way, (laughs) on my way out of Mormonism. I joined the church of the Latter-day Dude to become a Dudas priest. (laughs) Oh man. There, uh, and, and so I'm, I'm in this church group online of the Dudists, right? And then this 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 lady comes in. She's like, "Hi, I'm so and so, and I'm from Sweden. Um, and what about can 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 we still refer to ladies as dudes?" And I was like, "Well, here's my pronouns, but it's a gender neutral identity statement there. So yes, you can be a dude amongst all dudes as well. You know, it works. And so like that that's kind of become the joke in there. Is everyone just refers to dude as a gender neutral pronoun." Yeah, well, that's it's, it's totally kinda, a gender neutral pronoun. It's kind of like exactly. It's kind of like how it followed the evolution of actor, right? There used to be dude and dudette, just like there used to be actor and actress. Oh yeah, it's true. But at Good some analogy. point, you know, they just said everyone's an actor. You know, there's no actress and actor now. Everyone's a dude. There's no dudette. There's just it's everyone's a dude. And asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, well, like I, I, I had to point out. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that one for another discussion. <laughs> um, okay, Tiny Mirrors. Okay, so I at least have enjoyed that one thoroughly. And uh, so let's see. Corners of your mind. All right. Uh, I so You wrote this at least four or five years. No, quite a few years ago now. Like, well, let's see, I, have any, I think six years. Don't take a bow because you've canceled the vows. I can't blame you for how you shine, right? I mean, what was the what was the lyrical inspiration for that one? Do you remember? Um, Take on this one. Do you remember? Yeah, I'm trying to <laughs> scan back in the hundreds of songs. Um, well, yeah, at least you can't say, "Man, I was like too stoned. I just woke up one morning having retinol, and it sounded like yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, exactly. I just uh, I was taking a shit one day. No. Um, no, you know, I think um, it's a lot of a lot of our songs are um, kind of uh, talking about people who um, are kind of unaware and and uh, how their actions kind of you know dump on other people or negatively affect other people or just you know don't care whether they do. And um, you, you know, mean I Republicans. Think- <laughs> 
and some Democrats. I don't. I don't. I think both sides need to check themselves. But I think but, definitely but, but the there, former. There could, there could be a few more on the Republican side for sure. Um, but uh, no, and and I think that you know that that song touches on that kind of archetype of person who just kind of you know is all about themselves. And um, I, I'm trying to think if it was about I, a certain I, person. I can I can kind of talk. Yeah, about yeah, it a little go bit ahead. More. What do you think? So yeah, I mean, it's really about the dynamics of two people in a relationship where they're you know it it's. It, for me, it's kind of observing other relationships in our life. It was sort of a culmination too. And then even our own experience where, um, you know, we like, for example, our, you know, with our relationship, it's like when you're not being, when you're in a place where you're sort of escaping and you're in a place where you're not really loving yourself you're not really conscious of yourself it's just it's almost impossible to be conscious of that other person so it's sort of when you're kind of stuck in that energy of escaping not really looking at yourself not being honest with yourself and then the dynamics that happen from that in a relationship when you're not uh, tending to your own inner world and and seeing those dynamics and so where there becomes blame and we start to not take any radical self-responsibility for ourselves and these dynamics of, of um, you know, there's like a Ram Das quote that says, and I love it so much. He's like the best in, in a speaking of relationships, he's like, the best thing I can do for you is to work on myself. The best thing you can do for me is to work on yourself. So kind of that aspect, when we don't tend to that, we get into escapism, we lose our consciousness, and then the manifestation of that. Much better. <laughs> Much better. Did she put brains in the beauty? I don't even know what I'm doing here. You got the hair. I got, yeah, that, that's all I got. That's all you got, got the hair, man. I got the hair and the bad attitude. Everything else is Yeah, the, uh, what was that? The nine million rainy days by the Jesus and Mary chain, right? It's, it's like yeah. the... Uh, the, the more polite version of that, I suppose. If you know that song was what you just said, where it's like, as far as I can tell, I've been dragged from here to hell. All my time in hell was spent with you. I mean, you know, great song, right? But uh, you wonder, yeah. where where did he write that one from? Um, right, yeah. The same thing you were just talking about. Totally. But, um, yeah, Scottish, though, we, we have a way of, like, self-torture is, like, some of the we Scottish folk are, like, most excellent <laughs> that. For sure. For sure. I have Scottish blood, so I can yeah. go to that dark I'm, place. I'm more Scotch-Irish than anyone. No, and I both do. So we we understand, like, that a little bit. the darkness. And, and I'm embracing... I'm like 100% Viking, basically, is what I am. <laughs> That's what I've understood about myself. Dude. In a Raiders breeder shirt there. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, I've, I've written all over me. <laughs> so, um, falling from the sky... Uh, that sounded like uh, the the final work that we got from Gang of Four. That was where I was like really getting wrapped up in there. Um, Gang of Four released an album and they were ramping up, and then COVID. Well, and Andy Gill actually died. Of uh, he uh, he had asthma and everything. They believed that he was one of the first COVID cases, but he had respiratory problems. But uh, that album, that that final Gang of Four record, is what yours had. Just like very symbiotic like 
okay, take Andy out and put you up, Emily. Let's let's have it kind of thing. It was <laughs> that was like it. I I honestly would have had a hard time knowing if you pulled the vocals out who was who. It was that wow. good. Wow. And uh, but then uh, there was the line, uh, "Hey there, um, let's see, hey there, take time to get it right because we're falling from the sky." I hear the laughter going wrong. Was that what I understood the line to say? Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Laughter. I hear the laughter going the laughter going wrong. Right. I'm like, man, I, I need to talk to these cats. What is this? Uh -huh. What is this one about, man? Not that cat, but you, both of you, not the <laughs> not, not the band spokesperson. Yeah. Hey band spokesperson, how's it going? Um so talk about that one, man. That falling from the sky was like that was heavy. That was heavy work. Beautiful. After that last uh, song, I think I'll just let her. <laughs> All right, go for it. Yeah, well, I think, again, we're kind of pulling, we pull a lot from sort of the same idea. Like I'm, I'm really kind of in, uh, we're both really obsessed with, uh, I, I think to best understand the world is to, to really know yourself and, and really do that inner work and introspection. And so when I think that when part of that process is really embracing with equanimity, the darkness, and we as humans, because it's not as pleasant of an experience, right? To you don't ever want to look at your bad side. Yeah, right? Hey, we had full and fucking orangutan for four years. He will never look at himself, ever. <laughs> he will never look at himself and see, you know, so I get what you're saying there, right? It yeah, yeah. And it's sort of like then we kind of create because we we make it bad or wrong. I mean, of course, it's not a really pleasant thing to see, but it's really part of our human experience if we're to really evolve. And and there, I think when there's this resistance to to look at this darkness with our equanimity it tends to you know bite us in the ass eventually so where it's like you kind of this like sort of collective escapism where the where the laughter's gone wrong and so that's kind of that idea where um again this being evasive towards looking at the darkness within us and just and seeing it and allowing it like bringing it into the light because it 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 will remain the grip will will remain if we keep it in the darkness the way you lose the grip is by bringing it into the light you know so, just a much more optimistic view than i have on that song. i my view is that that song is about what's going wrong with humanity and why we are driving ourselves down. I was going to, I was well, that's gonna, no fly zone, but go ahead. Okay. Yeah, but I was going <laughs> to actually move on to that, but then it being kind of this reflection of humanity. Well, so have, have, have y'all been to Paris? Yeah. We, we, we love Paris. We. We. Okay. So Père Lachaise, have you been to Père Lachaise? Um, no. Okay. Paris? Cause you, you, you don't know what it is then. Père Lachaise. Yeah. It's where Jim Bob Morrison was buried. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, we did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm we, sorry. We, we, yeah. Okay, that's right. On the headstone, it says in Greek, kata aton demonoia atoye. Do you know what that means? No. Well, I, I, I speak Greek because I was a biblical. St I went to divinity school, learned Greek. But, um, yeah, useless now. But, um. And except if you want to know what was written on Jim Morrison's grave. I was going to say, you're putting it. 
It says he was true unto his own demons. Oh yeah, no, I do know this. And we, when we went to and his, he was. when we went, remember we went. He like, was. That was the point of that. Was that Jim? He's like, look, I've got my darkness, man. I got my demons out there. I will respect them. I don't have to love them. I don't have to give in to them. But I have to acknowledge them and respect them. One hundred percent. Because if you don't, it will kill you, and it will kill everybody else around you. Totally. And that is why Peace Frog is my favorite door song right there. Okay. Because he talks about that. All right. This whole thing with the Native American and swapping out the consciousness. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. He was. That's yeah. his metaphor for, hey, the demons just live inside me. The demons, know? yes. But he was true unto his own demons. He respected them. He acknowledged yeah. them. Yeah. 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 He's like, look, we don't have to even get along, man. You know. Like I, I, I have a coworker like that bastard. We do not like each other. Everybody knows that this guy doesn't, right? But as a professional, great. Everybody knows. Nobody gets a lot. Nobody likes him. He doesn't like anybody. But everybody knows how to make awesome work with this guy. And, yeah. and that, that's how you, you just need to, to deal with your demons. That's the yeah. Yeah. And I think too, with what Noah was saying in terms of like the greater aspect, I, I posted this post, I, I journal every day and I kind of have these like little downloads. God, you sound like my nemesis, geez. No, no, she, she went, no, she went and did her whole thing on journaling. That became like her whole passion for years. She had this whole blog following of it for years and got through her psychosis and being bipolar and all that shit. She did it. I'm like, Hey, congratulations. You stay on your side of the planet. I'll stay on mine. <laughs> totally. Well, it's where I come up with a lot of our song lyrics too, because it's just kind of like, if not, it's just ruminating in my head. Well, so, okay. So like no fly zone then that, that, that's what falls into that. Right. Because like they, they're, like you said, they're, they're, there's two different dimensions to this song. We're, we're in a couple of layers here. There's the one that I thought was the view on humanity on on humanity, right? But there's the very specific, you're on a no-fly zone because you've got a Muslim-sounding last name. Could be the one is, where are we as a culture? Like, I I know I, I, a buddy, he, his, he was named uh, Omar because his dad grew up in Detroit and his dad's best friend growing up was named Omar. So that's what he named him. He's on a no-fly list now because his name's Omar. Like, wow. yeah. like, like that, that's how dumb our system has become right it's right. like i'm not muslim my dad was a muslim my dad's best friend was from iraq in the 50s we're from detroit like you know but suddenly my name has got me on a no flies list uh that's one aspect of what well, i was like yeah i get that but then there's the other is well okay love feels blind how it makes me wonder who we are we keep making our way um, our lives must point to something to justify why we're all here, right? I mean, what a line, yeah, all, all our lives, lives must, must, equate. must equate to something to justify why we're here, okay? Um, so do you guys know the band Editors? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you're like, when you're not sounding awesome like Gang of Four or Blondie and Romeo Void, you have some really gnarly Editors meets X. Wow. Oh, okay, cool. Not so much rockabilly because X is the great rockabilly, you know. But, um, but there was the it just it came to the same line of the editor's song where he said, "Every little piece of your life will add up to one. Every little piece of your life will mean something to someone. 
right? I found that commonality that you're pushing towards when you said all our all our lives points to, to something to justify why we're all here, right? Yeah. Uh, but that was that was like a very mind expanding song there. Talk about that for a minute, since you're the spokesperson on the songs. <laughs> Noah, Noah's off doing whatever. Go ahead, please. We all, and then we always joke around, like, sometimes Noah will, like, I'm like, you don't even know our songs. <laughs> like, he'll forget our lyrics all the time. And I'm always like, you know, he's more, I think he's more, um, has the, just because he's not the primary singer either, but he more has the, he's the lead guitarist. So that's kind of where his brain lies. But with that song, it was really also speaking to just this whole um, idea of borders, this whole idea of, you know, people like crossing the lines they were made by someone. It's just these, all these borders and all like these lines that have just been created that are keeping us apart from each other. And it's like, and they don't work actually for the common person. Yeah. They only and, work for the people in power. Right. And so just kind of really talking about how, when you really look at it and you zoom out, how ludicrous it all is and here just living, you know, I, I just, the, the empathy for people, you know, I don't know. It's just, th this is just where I stand. Cause I'm, I'm a humanist, but when you really look at it, it's like, okay, well, wow, we created these bound, these borders and we actually stole this land from people. And then now we're creating these borders and telling other people that they can't come in. It's just, it's so ludicrous. Mm -hmm. And so I think when we take away our empathy and compassion and, and we stop, we, we don't look at people as humans anymore. We look at them as like an illegal alien and foreign. And it's just, it's so sad to me because we've just been pulled, we've been so conditioned and so pulled away from that where we're so segregated based on our nationality. So we, we, we've detached, so we've detached. We're not human anymore. If we don't see that that Hispanic bloke over there because he's not from here, he's, he's not. No, just because you know, the, the album we're doing now that we're about to put out is gonna be sort of a call and answer. Okay. It's like that Tiny Mirror has kind of laid out the synopsis. And this new album is called Chrysalis. That gives you a little kind of hint about what's going on. Uh, <laughs> it's a little bit like, all right, like, let's not just talk about what the problems are. Let's talk about what, what do we do now? Like, you know, like we, we're, it's not certain that we're all screwed. So let's, uh, let's do what we have to do to turn it around, basically. Well, see, like for me, what I, I I got the biggest kick out of this was when I was studying, um, I, I, I was studying the uh, the history of the Islamic movement, and again, divinity school, right? Believe it or not, this was such a cool class, <laughs> even though you think, I mean, believe me, a lot of history drags, but uh, um, there were parts of this that I was just enamored. I was like, to learn this paradigm believes this and this is why and this is why they do what they do based on this belief and i thought okay that's not my belief i don't share that but where it came from is beautiful what it means is beautiful does does it mean i have to embrace that or live with that well no but it's still pretty gnarly of a belief right yeah. you know and that's what's beautiful about that like i i had one friend uh charlie crazy crazy bastard he was um a canadian sue 
Lakota, right? And one time he we went hiking up a peak just over there in the middle of March. And it was it was weird because like let's go on a hike at two o'clock on a Saturday morning because we just left a party in high school, you know. So we did. And while we're standing up there at the top of this, right? He's like, Do you feel that breeze? And I was like, Yeah, it's warm. Yeah, this is weird because it's March and we're at like 9,000 feet and it should be freezing, but it's a warm breeze. And I'm like, why is that? And he goes, where's it coming from? I was like, south. He's like, yeah. A warm wind from the south. And I'm like, yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's kind of cool, right? And, and Charlie, he's this Lakota guy, you know, and he says, a warm wind from the south. It means that is the breath of God. And it's wow. bringing, it's bringing... It'll be bringing snow. I was like, wow. He said, when you have a warm wind blowing from the south, that is the breath of God. In the in the winter time, he's, you know, bringing snow. In the summer, when the warm wind is from the south, is the breath of God is going to bring rain. I was like, well, that's pretty cool. What about like in the fall? And he goes, don't get particular with God, you know? <laughs> but, that was, but that was his thing. But I was like, that's how they see it. And it was a beautiful piece of ideas to what that meant, right? Of course, it was superstition and it was his native belief of where, but that was what explains to them what's going to bring rain. And it was a scientific thing, but that was his explanation, which I thought was really neat. Do I need to believe that? No, but it's a very cool thing. Absolutely. Well, you know what God yeah. is, right? What's that? You know what God actually is, right? Uh, God, well, the God of rock and roll is Lou Reed, but uh, no, what are you thinking? Uh, God's just everything you don't know. <laughs> oh, far out. That's a good, yes. Okay. I can go for that. That's all I, can, I can go for that. God is everything that you don't know. <laughs> so... Well, I, I, again, I was, I, when I was devout Mormon, I was such an asshole. <laughs> and, uh, right? Well, but I thought because I know this, I it gives me free license to be an asshole, you know. And I've had to like go and apologize to so many people for being Mormon. <laughs> like, I'm I sorry I said that. Okay, I really am, you know. Um, so uh, let's let's move on to some of the fun stuff here. Um, <laughs> Well, so your cat, your cat is the, is the spokesperson, man. Like we have two cats. Well, but there's the one that, that's in your video, in your in your your video clips there. Your yeah, public yeah, service. The other one's doing right. technical stuff with the lighting and stuff. So he's, he's, <laughs> he's so funny. He's yeah. behind the scenes. He's a behind. Yeah, he's a gaffer. <laughs> he's, he's the gaffer. Okay. So, um, all right, your your song, bitch. Okay, that was kind of like the killers. With the 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 in your face vocal, do you remember the band Romeo Void? Yeah, like I that. Know. But but you've got a smile on your face. You're like the Romeo Void. I'm sucker punching you, but I'm smiling, doing it, having a good time. It was such a cool song. Talk about that song because it was so fun. Yeah, that and you know actually Hassan and Peggy who filmed um, Black Swan, they, they, did, they did that, they did that one video as well. As well yeah. That's the only other one they did. Of and ours. we just got hooked up with them randomly through a friend. Um, and then that's why I asked them to do, because we had such a good time with them. But yeah, it's just kind of, you know, uh, I mean, I feel like that song's very straightforward. 
and just, you know, Hassan came up with the whole video concept and the idea of it, of, you know, me getting kind of in, in this fight with my boyfriend and, and him not really understanding me. And, and I'm supposed to, you know, wanting to, I'm wanting to be fully expressed and he's not, you know, wondering what, what am I doing and thinking, and I'm squandering my life by playing music and doing this thing. And so this kind of whole idea of, you know, you, you bitch and complain. And, and I think Noah and I kind of got to this place in our lives. Like we, we often have these little revelations, like things that we intellectually know, but that then connect with our being and our, our spirit and like our just, we're having the full connection there where we just finally put our foot down and we're just like, we're not, we're going to do our absolute best to not blame anything or anyone anymore. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, it's so easy to get caught in that trap. And so we just were, it was kind of a speaking to that and just saying like, no. Blame is the that. gateway drug to hate. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's the gateway drug of, of not ever looking at yourself or taking any radical self-responsibility and, and looking at yourself, taking radical self-responsibility is the gateway to like your actual freedom. And yeah, and feeling and, and, relaxed and happy. Yeah, and connected. And so that was just sort of a speaking to that, you know, where we're just saying like, no, no to somebody else and no to ourselves in terms of saying, you know, like you say, you bitch and plain, I say no way. Like we're just, sometimes you just have to make a decision <clears throat> and just call yourself in, call the other person in as much, or, you know, I'm trying to call in instead of out as much, but so that's kind of speaking to that. It's basically saying stop bitching. Stop bitching. <laughs> What, remember that? Uh, remember the movie Mystery Men? I don't know so, it. Uh, so it had Tom Waits in it. Oh, oh. God, I'm getting taking a lot of notes here because I love Tom Waits. Well, who doesn't love Tom Waits? But he, I know. If, love Tom. If Waits. you don't like Tom Waits, it's like oh it's like not liking chocolate. Yeah, well, he's he's a weapons dealer in that movie. Oh, oh okay. well, we got to watch that. And uh, the best line he 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 pulls up is like, "Now, careful where you point that thing. That's the flamethrower." <laughs> nice. I did. So they, they they run around with this thing called the flamethrower. It's a weapon in the film. It's it's awesome. When when they actually shoot it, you're like, "Damn, that was the best." So. <laughs> well, I did a little bit. Um, I did a little uh, on. It's on our Instagram, but um, we were listening to terry gross interview tom waits i don't know if you know, you know terry gross she's in, in, in yeah. uh philly yes okay so she's interviewing tom waits and she goes so tom and i so i did a little reenactment it's on our instagram okay like, you know and she goes i was the only time i i love terry terry gross and she's it was her only like major F up as a interviewer, in my opinion, but she's, so she's interviewing him and she goes, Tom, so, you know, what was the first instrument you played growing up? And he goes, I don't know, Terry, a box. <laughs> and then she goes, oh, no, no, no. I mean, real instrument. And I'm like, Terry, 
That was the best yeah, answer like, no, no, ever. No, that, you, no. you go like, with that, man. I'm like, thank you. you. Go I was with like, that. I mean, and then she was like, oh no, no, I meant real instruments. So then I do this, you know, and I'm like, what are you thinking? But I that was like, let's see, it was a box, and I put yeah. three nails in it, and I had a piano wire hooked <laughs> up to a guitar pickup, and uh, yeah, exactly, and, and you know, just the yeah. Now we say that all the time. We're just like, I don't know, Terry. And our daughter even like cracks up, and then she'll just randomly be like, I don't know, Terry, a box. <laughs> no, no, Tom Waits is oh man, he's so, I could talk about that guy forever. I know, I love those moments. So, we, we were in a hotel room after a gig and flipping around the TV, and I we just happened to flip on Larry King interviewing Snoop, which I mean, just imagining that by itself is just amazing but we we flipped to this channel and 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 larry, oh, we were playing larry, a festival in san diego oh that's what it was and and, and larry king is like so snoop uh, is you know you're so accomplished you've gotten all these things is there anything you haven't done that you'd like to do and snoop's like yeah yeah there is larry he's like i want to start a chain of snooper markets everything gonna be under five dollars <laughs> And um and Larry Larry is so classic goes well well that's really interesting Snoop have you talked to anyone about that yet and Snoop's like looks at the camera goes I'm talking to him right now Larry. <laughs> and, then, so, and we so we always, always go talking to him right we're now we're always like talking to him right, like, now, Larry. right now Larry doing it now Larry like right. we're always so it's okay. like such a classic moment it's so good oh we should do that. But I'm taking this tick. I'm in this group now. I'm taking this TikTok for musicians course. I'm kind of a serial course taker. Noah's like, no more courses. But it's really cool because the woman that is teaching this course, she lives in Abiza, which she pronounced Abiza. She's a single Ibiza. mom. Yeah, Abiza. She's super cool. And so I'm in this group with uh, 10 other musicians and we meet weekly and we um like yeah we meet weekly and then we're on this uh it's called discord it's like similar to a slack and and so we're all yes yeah, so we're all building our tiktoks together and everything so it's really um i'm just always like writing now i'm just constantly like writing ideas down i i can throw you i i, I have adhd and a photograph and a photographic memory and i have probably ten thousand songs memorized Wow. movie clips you name it right and i mean none of it's useful except at that one moment you know okay so um your song what a day that was okay oh, yes. um so that's you guys have the, cover well what's that what did you say what was that's that? a talking heads cover you guys laid it down like Mama Cass meets Joan Jett. Well, it was the first time through, right? And I, I I loved it. But but then the second time I went through, I was like, this is Susie Sue meets Chrissy Hyde. I mean, it just like it, all the times that I listened to it, I had to keep like trying to figure out where this song was and where it was going. Okay. Why did you pick that song for? Okay. Talking Heads. Enough said. But. 
how you delivered it that way. Now, talk about a wonderful number that one was. I really oh, enjoyed it. Yeah, well, we just, um, our friend, This it's kind of funny because it was like our first recording before we recorded our first LP. And um, I mean, you did have that Mama Cass vibe in there. Like seriously, my, and then and like, it, it's one that I had to keep going back to. Okay, what is this one? Like it, it didn't form right for the first five or six times listening to it. I just enjoyed listening to it going, okay, what is this? What does this do? What is this doing? You know? Uh Yeah. Well, um, we, so our friend was putting together a talking heads compilation and he asked us to record one and talking heads is one of our favorite bands. And so we were really like, oh my gosh, which one are we going to do? And then we were hearing from other bands, like they had already picked their choices. So there were some that we wanted to do, but it was already chosen. I think we and wanted it, to do Cross-Eyed and Painless. Yeah, we wanted to do Cross-Eyed and Painless and somebody already had chosen that. And so, because we were asked to do the compilation a little bit later. And then <clears throat> um, our drummer at the time was the one that recommended that song. And we Not were like- not the cat, I know, totally. But um, he just got us the rights to do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, totally. He called his lawyer. And stuff. <laughs> so, um, so that was it. Our drummer suggested it, and we like, you know, I knew the song, and so we had. It wasn't again what I intuitively wanted to do, but we did that. And then there's a guy that. It came and he did the keys that when you hear that kind of keys solo, his name's Eric Levy. And he Obviously, he's actually like virtuoso. He's just incredible at the keys <clears throat> and such a nice guy. He actually is in Night Ranger. <laughs> and um he's been playing with them for a long time. Like I know it's really kind of funny. Um <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> And um, because it's like, I know he's. I'm like he's kind of. He's just too good for Night Ranger, but um, because he's really a jazz musician. I mean, he's like a jazz virtuosic player. So, anyways, that's a little story right there. Oh man. Oh man. But you know what? It's a pain. You said you wanted to get to the fun stuff. (laughs) it's just one of those things where it's like as a paid musician it's like you gotta you know it's been paying his bills for okay all right right, right. (laughs) so i have a couple of friends well four uh okay there's there's a band called um strange love they're the depeche mode they're the ultimate depeche mode tribute show okay they're, they're my mates. They were my, my second show ever on Sticky Jazz. And their buddies, I actually just got off the phone with uh, with their, their version, Counterfeit Martin, uh, like two days ago. We, we usually have uh, every other week a business call. Um, so they're going on an 80s cruise. Oh, nice. With like ABC and the Human League and uh, Night Ranger. <laughs> wow. And... He, we didn't have a whole lot of time to talk about that, but he's like, yeah, we're going with Night Rain. And, um, like, oh my gosh, the stories about the jokes about Night Ranger, not that they were a bad band. And Jack Blaze, I mean, 
Okay, I, I'm not gonna rip on Night Ranger. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm try not. not just try. They were just labeled for so long as trying to be the 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 bad version of Kiss was what everyone kept calling them was that they were Kiss gone bad. I was like, I don't know that Kiss was really good, but yeah, I know. You know? But um, did you ever watch? The, so when I when I I could. There was a phase in my life where I was on enough meds that I could watch uh, a TV show, like make it through one episode. <laughs> and there was that show Life that I remember watching. I don't know if you ever saw it. It was, but they they had this one mock band that was like Kiss, and that that was part of the story. And they were investigating the death of one of the guys in the band and everything. And then right in the middle of of this episode, out of nowhere, you hear the sister christian all the time and it was like because the band was all decked out in makeup looking like kiss right uh-huh. and, and, I was, and they just threw that in there and i i remember laughing so hard to that and I, I was talking about it the next day with my mates at work and they were like you're the only guy who would have made that connection you know that uh-huh. <laughs> so i was like Night Ranger aren't the worst band in the world. They just played it on TV, right? That's the general thing. We're the worst band in the world's brother. Oh man, no, like I, I like. Okay, the jokes about like you know Millie Vanilli is gonna take down other people's music off Spotify if Joe Rogan doesn't get tossed. Right. Nickelback's threatening to put out a new record. You know, I mean, I was. Oh my god, I. I'm loving those memes. It's well, I, I put one up that said Bette Midler threatening to come out of retirement <laughs> and sing again, you know, but, uh, but there was, but I was like, and then Night Ranger came up as to one of those too, but I was like, you know, they're not that, they're, they're not the worst band in the world. Nickelback aren't the worst band in the world. And I say that because the worst bands in the world are some of the crap I get sent every week. Yeah. Right, yeah. That people never hear about. You right. need to air <laughs> we're having our own festivus here oh man like like if uh like like okay and, and not that i even have exceptional taste okay but like i i love polka i love polka okay it's crazy i know i love punk rock polka i mean i like but when i when i lived in germany you just heard it all the time and i just got used to you know and i mean i just love polka music you know whatever but i can listen to that and that gets grating and obnoxious right yes what, what? it's kind of you funny know, what's that band that did fucked up Pharmacia, something with elephants there's a band you got to check out anyway a punk rock polka band that's oh totally it's, i'm it's, totally game on that yeah it's kind of funny because we're look all... up the song fuck the Pharmacia. fuck the Pharmacia. And then it's a, it's a totally polka, and they're like, fuck the pharmacia. You know, it's, it's pretty sweet. Uh, well, it's funny because we always <laughs> say, when, you know, you're always trying to define your genre. And I always Punk tell rock polka. If I had a genre, that would be it, man. I, I, well, I always say when I first say, I go, well, we're not polka. Yes. <laughs> to try to, I like try to say what we're not. And that always is the first thing I say is we're not polka. So there's um there's one band that are out of um they're out of Austria. Actually that's their drum head. They they sent me a, a whole awesome kid. That's their they're called Ruskaya. Oh cool. And they, they call themselves Turbo Ska, but it's basically just 
punk rock polka gone like and then they'll throw a violin in every once in a while but the rest of it is really hard fun punk polka and they are awesome ruskaya you gotta get it just like okay all right well hey i'm i'm writing i'm taking a lot of notes here yeah i know here, here's the ruskaya r-u-s-s-k-a-j-a and I, I got it. Yeah, they, they they sent me a signed drum head, man. I was. I love it. Yeah. So um, let's see. Your so spill it out. Okay, your song spill it out. I the production on that was fun because I enjoyed the 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 rattling of the percussion from one side of my head to the other, right? Yeah, big like well, my my PTSD treatment for EM with EMDR, you know, like and one of the one of the audio ones was doing like. Oh yeah, hey, check. I, I feel like I can visualize where the sound is rolling around in my head, and I, I thought that was kind of fun. So I enjoyed that one. Um, uh, let's see. I love that the percussion there. Let's see. Uh, you want to live, but you don't know how. You want to make it up somehow. You see the face in every crowd. Um, yeah. So that song is all. It's kind of ta uh, talks to political oppression and spill it out and speaks to political oppression. And then, you know, it's kind of on this tip of that. If we are to be, you know, if we are to be activists ultimately and stand up for, um, you know, for marginalized people and, and, and face this, these acts of political oppression, it really starts within and I feel like, you know, that's kind of what that song is about, is it sort of talks about that it really has to come from a place of love. It really has to come from, you know, us standing together, yet at the same time, us doing the our own individual work in order to, like, really genuinely... You're really big on that. Start with yourself. Be the change you want to see in the world. All that stuff. That's yeah, really yeah. kind of... It, it's really one kind of term that we sort of identify with because we are not religious, um, but we're consider ourselves very spiritual in terms of like um, just following that path of our, our own, like the light is within and we are, you know, guided by our own inner being. But so we kind of aligned with this term called spiritual activism. And so it's sort of like what we, it's a little bit of like our, our niche, if you will, and that's kind of what we really, it, it's just what moves us. And, um, we're just you know, one big walking musical cliche. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just, if we're always, if, if you're just, I think to a certain extent, when you have this self-actualization, it's great for, you know, the betterment of your being, but if it's just for you, then what's the point? <laughs> you know, it's like the whole idea is like, I'm doing this work because I want to have a rippling effect and impact in the world. And so that's kind of the whole idea of that one. Uh, yeah. Bob Geldof's comment on that was interesting. He said, if you're going to go sit in a cave in your underpants seeking enlightenment, you're part of the fucking problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. You know, because, because look, man, no, you go and you do that though there. No, you have a problem, right? No, you need to go out and, and if, if bless other people. Right. right. If you're going to go there and sit there and become one with God in a cave in your underpants and stay there, you know, then you got your, you're met, you know, that that's well, your if problem. If you're only right, going to so. do that, right. If you're just going to do that solely, 
and then not take, I mean, of course, I think you have to have that individual like introspection, right? That personal work. But if it just stays there, exactly, I agree. I know that was in the same interview where Bob Geldof said that um, Jesus was a pain in the ass. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was. For me, it's it's the reason why I kind of gravitate towards that message so much is because I see so many people walking around unhappy and the only thing blocking them from happiness is their own self. And, and I see people um, predicating their own happiness on things outside of their own control. So for me, like my whole goal is to try to provide some inspiration and perhaps even sometimes a roadmap of, you know, starting to look at the things that you can change inside yourself because that gives you control over whether you're going to be a happy person or not, not whether someone else comes through for you or when you get all, when you get that amount of money you wish you had or anything like that. Like, you know what I mean? So Sure. It's not to say that I wouldn't be thrilled if someone showed up and said, hi, here's $5 million. I would be very happy with that. I'd, you know, no problem. But then yeah. what happens after that? <laughs> uh, yeah, then then sure. And we always say there's the then, right? Because there's always the, the Zen point of, well, how much is enough? Well, enough is what you have right now because you are alive. Right. right. But, and for more money, more problems, man. You know, then then you have to worry about who is your real friend and all these other things. And oh, yeah. No, I, I when I was talking to a one very big rock star of uh, uh, almost Rolling Stones level proportion. Right. And I was sitting with him at a party in Los Angeles and I didn't know a person could do that much cocaine and still live. And he sat there with me. And he, he said, you know, the worst thing in the world ever happened to me was, I said, oh, what's that? He said, I made it. Right. Right. I was like, whoa. And, and, and he just, I mean, like, okay. He said, look, you wouldn't be sitting here talking to me if I'm not, if I wasn't the guy who said, what's your favorite song by me? And I told him, he's like, okay, if I didn't sing that song, you wouldn't be sitting here talking to me. I'm an asshole. Cause I cheat on my wife. I do all this and I'm sitting here and I just did all that fucking cocaine. I'm just going to sit here and talk to you right now. And you're just going to sit here and listen to me, bitch. All right. Why? Because I'm who I am, man. I don't have real friends, man. You know, and he, I was like, you're kind of a dick. You're right. You know, but it was, it was. It was an it was an enlightening conversation, to, to yeah. say the least, to have him yeah. just talk like that, you know. Totally. Yep. 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 Yeah. Now, now I hear he's got a nasty coffee habit, and that's about the worst he does. You know, he's he, he he does his yoga and drinks his coffee, and you know, but um, but uh, yeah, he 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 made a very very interesting point that I never would have considered. He said, you know, like I don't even get along. He's you know like. If a girl wants to hang out with me, she either wants me in a sack or wants my money or wants the fact that I'm so-and-so and that's right, it. You know? Right. Yeah. Says, I don't know if this girl really likes me, you know? And he was like living with this girl in LA, freeloading off of her. And I'm like, dude, you have how many billions of dollars stashed and you're freeloading off this chick who works in a record store, you know? Um, <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, the unnamed rock star. <laughs> unnamed rock star, yeah. No, but like it, he's he's up there with he's in the the Mick Jagger Bono category of rock wow. stars. Wow. And uh yeah, I mean I felt bad for the guy by the end of the conversation, man. I really did. Yeah. 
but as as a journalist, I won't air out scandal or grievances. I won't say that. You know. Appreciate that. Yeah, I, mean, you know, I would like to think that uh, at this point, with our experience, you know, that if we get to that level of success, that we won't, you know, turn into assholes. Hopefully, I've met some musicians that. We're notorious for coke habits, but we're also some of the kindest people I've ever met, you know, and it, so and, and so you can't really judge somebody on, you know, I mean, it, it, there's there's so much around a person being very, I mean, even even Mick Jagger being the greedy, misogynist asshole that he's been historically right when Sid Vicious was in prison when Sid was in jail. And it was like, Sid's going to jail. He murdered Nancy. Everybody, like, there's no way around it. He killed her. Like, the whole world knows, right? All the facts say Sid Vicious stabbed Nancy. And Mick Jagger was like, you know what? He's a fucked up kid in a bad situation. I'm going to pay his legal bills. Like, Mick Jagger didn't have to do that, right? But Mick Jagger, and like, that was a very redeeming thing for him to have done that about him. And you nobody's know, black and white, right? That's yeah, thing. nobody's black and white. Like everybody, but they are orange. But nobody's black and white. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That one guy is orange, though. Um, that one guy's orange. That is a totally different situation. <laughs> so uh, that that song, "Learning to Crawl," okay, a very fun song. Okay, and I know it's probably it's it's one of your first pieces, right? "Learning to Crawl" was yeah, very old. But that one, I listened to it, and I was, and then the the other part of me was going like, "I've never met a girl like you." Yeah. I was like, "Is this an, is this kind of like an, an Iggy tribute there?" What well, was? It's not intentionally by any. <laughs> but yeah. people brought that up. That yes, that that totally rides on top of Iggy, and it yeah, does never, it very well. Never heard that. <laughs> yeah, before, yeah, this is the first time I'm thinking about that, and I'm trying to hear it in my head. Oh, it goes very well, though. I mean, I was like, wow, this is like we're, we're riding some Iggy, man. Um, love it. I mean, who doesn't love Iggy Pop, you know? Exactly. His, uh, I bet his management are like, Iggy, you're too much, man. I bet they don't love the guy very much. But uh, actually, did you see the movie Coffee and Cigarettes? Speaking of Tom Waits. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so you get that one, right? Where, yeah. where is oh, yeah. Oh, geez. Sorry. So uh, you're saying you think my album sucks? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> man, it's been a since I saw Yeah, that. I know. We should revisit that one. Oh, that's one of the best movies. Well, that, that whole thing, that was completely improvised. That whole oh, yeah. thing. A lot of that was improvised, right? They they just said, "Hey, I got this idea. I got this idea. Okay, let's do it." Right, and and like Iggy was like, "I'm just gonna walk by the." He's not even on there. Like, I mean, Iggy was like, "They the whole thing was just you know uh, staged for the laughs." But it was a beautiful. Oh, that was great. But yeah, those those guys. I mean, you know, we've we've talked about the greats in this conversation, man, Lou and Iggy and Jim Morrison and, you know, Tom Waits, but, and now, now you're inspiring me to go and figure out how to do bad impersonations on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Our job is complete here. Our job is complete. So what's next? So you're, you're putting this new album out called Crystal Chrysalis is the plan. Give us a time frame on that. So um, the, we're going to release three singles um and then the album after that um and like the holy trilogy of singles it is yeah and there there might be something surprise in there we don't know we're not going to give that up right now but there could be some fun 
cool stuff in the middle. But uh, right now, the timeline is looking like single number one is going to come out somewhere in June. Okay. Um, and then we're going to release uh, the second one seven or eight weeks after that, and then the second one seven or eight weeks after that. So. Okay, um, so right now you're still writing on the on the tail end of Tiny Mirrors, which was a great record, and I guess the pandemic kind of interrupted the uh, release of everything else, but it's still uh, that still is a great record. I'm looking forward to the new work. So, uh, can can I be the greedy bastard and ask for versions of anything you guys get beforehand? Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, we can do that. Um, well, we're we're doing yeah. also like, um, yeah, we could totally do that. And then we're also doing. I mean, since you're on our email list, we're also doing like a, a pre-sale. And so people that are on our email list too will get kind of special, oh, all kinds of special, like stuff. like special <clears throat> jazz. And and so Noah and I also are also like but, cool, like um, new up stuff that like you can't, no one else is gonna be able to get. You can only get it if you're on the email list. So good thing you're on that. And then, yeah, like, we're like squeezy polka dolls or anything like new up squeezy oh, polka dolls. Or, what's that? We're going to be doing uh, videos for the singles, too. So there'll, there'll be cool videos. The art and then a live tour, I hope. Right. Are we going to get because, uh, I mean, nobody gets to do that these days. But uh, All right. no, 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 we're definitely going to be um, doing some touring around the, the, the album. Um, obviously, it's hard enough to tour when times are normal so as long as anything's restricted at all we're going to stay away from touring because we don't want to add to our own and level of difficulty it's but a, it's a little bit different too it's like we were so grateful when you're a band when you like have people booking your shows for you and then they can reschedule them it's like one thing but when you're a band like us but and you book your own tours and you get all the other bands to book with you or to play a show with you when that tour is canceled that's a lot it's like that's it and there's no there's possibly no rescheduling so we're just like until it's totally clear we're so, not booking anything because i'm like i'm not gonna put in all that work <laughs> well we will definitely so i will be in touch and I will try to get you, you know, an advanced listen before it legitimately comes out. And then we will for sure when things chill and, you know, we're really just kind of focusing on our online presence and really putting this out into the world and really connecting with kind of our soulmate avatar, like our soulmate super fans and really getting it into the ears of people that we know would really love our music and be impacted with our message and our music, et cetera. And then we're kind of going to like tour from there, you know, and we're see, gonna, we're going to base uh, see where, where, where we go on band demand this time. Oh, but, but like play with the lesbian Mormon lesbian yeah, band. Oh, and then, yeah. They totally do that in Utah again. Right. If oh, they're yeah, still around. Sure. But no, so but, if you're out there and you're watching and you want us to come to your town, let us know that. That's, yes. that, that if you reach out or say something that we're going to be taking note of that. And we're just the new up all over the joint. Thankfully Everything we got that. We got that domain down and like all our socials are just the new up. So all it's my easy. passwords are just the new up. So <laughs> all right. Well, it has been a wonderful, completely tangential experience here. Uh, I, 
I, I think I got to probably eight of the questions about your music, but we've talked for, we're in an hour and a half now. So this is, uh, everybody, thank you for tuning in. New up, Emily and Noah, thank you. And thank you so much for having us and like, woo, we did it. We I did really it. Know. Like, this was almost like pulling teeth, man. So I know, man, seriously. It was worth the wait, though. Hopefully. It was worth it. It was really a pleasure. And again, thank you for, um, you know, so what what song do you want to want me to play us out with? Um, how about the future is now? Okay, future is now, everybody. This is the new up. Future is now off of uh, the the new album. Well, the 2017 album, uh, Tiny Mirrors. So everybody else, take care, be good to each other, and let music do awesome in your lives. so much Emily and Noah for the time on the show new up special thanks to Barry Andrew the Shriekback for letting us use the theme title of Sticky Jazz everybody else if you happen to still believe in the almighty God please send a word up that this conflict in the Ukraine would end as my public service announcement